0: Welcome to Awaken Life Church Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Ouellette. This is gonna be fun today. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna, let's, let's start with prayer, how about that? So Jesus, we thank you. We just thank you, you're such a good savior. We thank you, Father God, that you're here. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. You want to connect to our hearts today. You want to speak to us. In fact, let's just do this. Just put your hand on your heart. Just say, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. Thank you, Jesus. And so, God, we just pray, have your way in this house today, God. We just want encounters with you, God, more of your love, more of your goodness, God. We don't want to leave this place the same. God, we want more of you. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I do have one joke and one only. <laughs> it's hard to find clean jokes. So, by the way, if you, you want to send me jokes, send me jokes, uh, clean jokes only, please. Uh, Pastor Daniel at awakenlifechurch.net, because um, I'm always looking for clean, good, clean ones. So, I've only got one for you, and it's actually just a t shirt that I saw. So, the t shirt said this Don't make, oh, wait. I gotta preface this. Since there's only one joke, you know, children laugh like 200 times a day. Adults only laugh like 15 times a day. So this is your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity to laugh. So go ahead and and enter in. Sometimes we need to joyfully enter in, okay? So I'm just prepping you. Get your laughers ready. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) Okay, so I saw a T-shirt. and It said this. Don't make old people angry. The older we get, the less life in prison is a deterrent. (laughs) that's a good one yeah (laughs) I got you finally finally got you I didn't get a wah-wah from Ken today (laughs) Ken you liked that one didn't you you liked a little too much that's like hitting some core like something in there so this is gonna be fun today. It uh, might be a shorter message, I don't know. Um, I, had a, I had a message prepared. Um, this doesn't, doesn't happen to me often, but um, it's probably only happened like four or five times, but I had a message totally ready and prepared. And um, Saturday morning, our little baby uh, woke me up at five in the morning. I get up, uh, make him a bottle, and I'm sitting with him, and I had two realizations that hit me. And one was the message I'd been preparing all week was not the message for, the, for Sunday. And the second thing that just hit me like an encounter was like the love of God. And it was very powerful, um, more than I've felt in a long time. And I was just like, what's going on? I was kind of confused because I was like, I just had this realization. I was like, the message I worked on all week, that's not the right message. But I'm experiencing and encountering like God's love right now. And so I kind of had mixed emotions and I was like, Okay, Lord, like every time that has happened, we're, you know, this only happened a handful of times, but when it does happen, I'm slightly frustrated because I'm like, especially when it happens on a Saturday morning, because I like to be more prepared than that. And so I'm a little slightly frustrated, but I'm encountering the love of God. I'm like, okay, God, well, what's the message then? And and I just felt like he's like, this is the message. Just it's my love. Just just talk about my love. Talk about my love. I had a message that was more like topical for the season we're in, but I felt like the Lord just corrected me and just said, just talk about my love, and I believe that he wants to encounter his church. He loves his bride, and you know, I said it in worship, but we're just beginning to know what his love is. We're just, it's like the tip of the iceberg of what we see and what we experience, and God has so much for us. His love is so big, it's, it's, it's hard for us to comprehend. And we'll be experiencing it, not just uh, you know, you know, in increasing measures in this life, but in increasing measures for eternity. We'll be experiencing and encountering his love in increasing and increasing measures. So I, just, I have just a few things I wanna share with you. The one thing I wanna do quickly before we get really deep into the message, um, do we have that slide ready? Did I put in there? Okay. Um, So we we experienced some censorship as a church, um, particularly the week of the election. We were trying to get some information out, and we couldn't get it out. And so how many know that whenever something happens, um, as a believer, we know that God works all things together for good to those who love the Lord. Amen. So we're always looking for the silver lining when, when things look bad, when, when things are hard. So I'm like, okay, that was frustrating. We couldn't get some information. It was really simple information out. It was, you know, nonpartisan information. But we were, uh, we were censored. And so it led, led us on a journey like, okay, this is actually a concern. Like, if we want to get information to our people quickly and we're not able to, that's a problem. Um, especially if we want to have like you know emergency prayer meetings or there's an emergency in the church that you know we, we want everybody to pray for that pertains to everybody, um, we just went on a journey like how do we how do we do this? How do we get information to people quickly? And so what it led me to is superphone. and so we're going to go ahead and put that up. So Superphone is a way for us to contact you immediately, so it's a way that we can actually reach out to you, and um, and contact you quickly. How many people check their text messages more than you check your email? Yeah, all of us, right? You might check your email a couple times a day, but you get your text messages as they come. So this is a way for us to get information to you very quickly. And so also you can text us back on this, but when you text us, it just goes straight to the administrator. It doesn't go to the whole church. It'll just go to the administrator, but we can text you um, quickly with this so go ahead and take your phones out right now and if you want to be in our church address book text this number you can say anything you want you can say hi and it's going to send you a form and it's the least amount of information we could get in this form we just wanted to be able to to, to reach you now legally if, if we have your number don't think that you're going to get on this list because legally we can't just add numbers you have to submit this form And then legally, we can contact you. We promise not to abuse it. Um, We're going to use it for if we need to get out helpful information, emergency prayer meetings, emergency issues that pertain to the whole church, or important church functions. So you may get between zero to one or two texts a week from us. So that's the silver lining in getting censored (laughs) is we're finding better ways to connect to you quickly. So, and uh, I think it's gonna be a good thing. So, yeah, when when you fill out that form, it'll just put you in our church address book. So we appreciate that, and I believe it's the best way to get information to our people quickly in 2020. All right. Yeah, God uses all things for good. Whenever something happens, like, where it looks bad, whether it's, marriage family situation things happening in our country we need to take the perspective of like god you're going to do something here what are you doing like what are you up to god like i'm i'm waiting to see what god's going to do because the opposite of that is we can go into fear and be like god where are you this is bad But we want to take the position of being like, Lord, I know that you're doing something. I know that you cause all things to work together for good to those who love the Lord. So what are you doing? How are you using the situation to get blessing, to get life into me, to bring life into our country? So there's always an opportunity. The enemy's plans always backfire. So we need to know that. We need to live with that awareness, like, okay, this looks like the enemy, but we know it's going to backfire. We've read the end of the book, <laughs> amen? So yeah, so early Saturday morning, I'm just sitting there, you know, and I, I don't wake up quickly in the mornings. It usually takes me a while, and, uh, but I'm just having these realizations. I'm like, oh, no, oh, crap. The message I prepared all week, it's not the right message. Can you say crap in church? I don't know. I just did so. And the Lord just started speaking to me about his love. This is the message. Just talk about my love. So here we are. And as I was sitting there, I kept thinking this, how great the Father's love for us. How great. Just sitting there with the little baby. I'm just thinking, how great. Father's love. And I was like, that's a song, I think, right? So I looked it up, and there's a song called How Deep the Father's Love for Us by Selah. And I just wrote down the lyrics, and I just want to read this to you. This is the song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among many scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything, no gift, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart, his wounds have paid my ransom. How great, how great, how deep, how wide is the father's love for us? we just not even began to experience it. We're just seeing the very, very tip of the iceberg. His love for you is so big. It's so powerful. If we could just see, it would change everything. We could just just see 1% of it. It could change everything in your life to see the Father's love. And I wanted to just kind of prophesy over you this morning that the work that This verse has just been in my heart all week, and I felt like it was for me, but I feel like it's for the church. The work that he began in you, Philippians 1, 6, he's going to bring to completion. So, you know, we can get into seasons where we're we're discouraged and we're like not knowing what's happening. But I feel like the Lord is just wanting to remind you the work that I began in you, what I started in you, I'm going to fulfill. I'm going to bring to completion. So his love is so powerful, it's bigger than we can begin to understand. How many know Jesus wasn't a weakling? But he was also just so secure in who he was, he wasn't afraid to be a radical lover. And we see this in John chapter 13. I'm going to read just a few verses in the Passion Translation. It says, Then Jesus was moved deeply in his spirit. Looking at his disciples, he announced, I tell you the truth, one of you is about to betray me. Eyeing each other, his disciples puzzled over which one of them could do such a thing. The disciple that Jesus dearly loved was at the right of him at the table and was leaning his head on Jesus. Peter gestured, gestured to this disciple to ask, to ask Jesus who it was he was referring to. Then the dearly loved disciple leaned into Jesus' chest and whispered, Master. Who is it? The one I give this piece of bread to after I've dipped it in a bowl, Jesus replied. Then he dipped the piece of bread into a bowl and handed it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. I love this picture of, of John just laying his head on, on Jesus' Jesus's chest. And that would be awkward in our culture. And it was even more awkward in that culture. So that shows you how deeply, John had a revelation of this deep richness of how much Jesus really loved him. Imagine being that comfortable, feeling that loved with a man who's not a weakling. He's a manly man to be like, I am so loved right now. I can actually just put my head on his chest. And it's interesting. He had, John had this unique relationship with Jesus. He had his head on his chest and Peter looks over to him and he like, Ask Jesus, who's he talking to? Who's he talking about? He didn't, Peter could have asked himself, right? But he's like, he asked John to ask. Who's he talking about? John had a revelation of how much Jesus loved him. One of the, there's, how many know there's comedy all through the Bible? One of the funny things is the disciple whom Jesus loved in the, in the Passion Translation. It says, the disciple whom Jesus dearly loved. So, how many know that? The disciple whom Jesus loved, it only shows up in the book of John. Out of the four gospels, it only shows up in one the disciple whom Jesus loved. Who wrote the book of John? He had a revelation. He referred to himself, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's how he wrote about himself every time. It's kind of funny in sections. He's like, then the disciple whom Jesus loved ran ahead of Peter to the tomb. It's like always in there, right? He had a revelation, and each of us needs to have that revelation. Wow, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's a powerful revelation to have. We need a revelation of the Father's love. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, the Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one will save, he will rejoice over you with gladness, he will quiet you with his love, he will rejoice over you with singing. On Saturday morning, there was just a lot stirring in my soul as I was just sitting there at five in the morning, and it was like God was just quieting me. He was just quieting my soul. Your your soul is your mind, your your will, your emotions. He wants to come and just quiet all the thoughts, all the things in your mind that are racing. God, what am I going to do about this? What's going on about this? How how am I going to solve this situation? He wants to just come and he just quiets you with his love. He quiets your emotions, your anxieties with his love. We, We need to take time just to sit in his presence and just let him quiet us. Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing right now? And just let him quiet you with his love. Whatever's on your heart, whatever you're facing, whatever your concern, Abba Father wants to quiet you with his love. He wants to quiet your emotion. He wants to quiet you with his love. The word Abba means daddy. It's like the most intimate expression in the Jewish language of, of Daddy. It's, it's what, uh, you know, my, my four-year-old son, uh, Evan, it hasn't happened in a while, but usually about once every couple of weeks or so, he would wake up at night, and I would hear him just scream, Daddy! And I would literally get out of bed and just run to him, and I'd just hold him, and he would usually, you know, he had a nightmare, or he was just scared or something, and I would just hold him and just, just sit with him on, on the couch in his room and just say, Daddy's here. Daddy's here, and just rock him love you so much. It's okay. Daddy's here. And I actually just loved those times just to be able to comfort him. And I would, I would think often when I'm running to him and comforting him, I would think like as I'm holding him, I was like, wow, well, this is how the father loves us. This is what he does with us. He, he quiets us. He, he holds us. Daddy's here. Everything's going to be okay. I love you. I'm proud of you. And you know, I also had the same, this thought of like, but I'm so limited in my human expression. Like, how much more God does that for us? How much more He just sits with us, speaks life over us, comforts us, says, Daddy's here. It's going to be okay. The depth of His love is what we have the privilege to discover here on earth. It's one of the main reasons we're here. It's one of the main reasons. If you don't know what you're called to do, as far as like, well, what am I called to do like in life? like What am I supposed to accomplish? One of the main things you're supposed to accomplish is just discovering the love of the Father. This is why you're here, discover his love. Discover the love of the Father. My son, Ethan, he's a world changer. By the way, if you have challenging children, there's probably a world changer in there. (laughs) Your most challenging children could be your biggest world changers. So our our goal and our objective when we have strong-willed children is not to break their will. Our goal is to actually help them realize why they have that will and actually just channel it in the right way. Like one of the things, my son's name means, Ethan, his name means strong and enduring. And when he was born, we had no idea that there was anything wrong at all. Uh, but when he was born, the second he was birthed, um, the doctor was like, whoa. And we were like, whoa, what's wrong? And he's like, he's like, nothing's wrong. But he pulled the baby out and the cord was just wrapped tight. He couldn't even put his neck down. And he started unwrapping it. He goes, "One, two three. It was wrapped three times around his neck and he had a knot in his cord. So the doctors, he was like, wow. He said, usually when I see one of those, the cord wrapped so tight like that or a knot, he goes, it's a tragedy. He goes, your baby had both and he's totally fine. By the way, he's born three months or three weeks early. If he would have gone full term, he wouldn't have made it. So he is, his name fits strong and enduring. So when he was four, he's, he's 10 now, he would have sometimes these major meltdowns where he would just get so angry. And we thought we were just amazing parents until we had Ethan because we had two really compliant children. And then we had Ethan and we're like, oh, maybe, maybe it wasn't our parenting after all. And he would have these meltdowns and, and um, he would be really angry and then it would turn into like, he'd be really sad. He'd just cry. And so one night we put him to bed and it's just like, we tried so many different things and it seemed like nothing worked. And we put him to bed and he was just sobbing, just weeping. It was after he had a lot of anger and then it just turned into weeping. And we put him in his bed and I was just like, Lord, what do we, what do we do? I just, I don't know what to do here. And I just ended up just going and laying next to him in his bed, and I was just rubbing his back, and I just said, I just love you so much. You're such a good boy. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, and I just stayed with him all night, and it was about 20 minutes I just kept saying that. I'm so proud of you. You're such a good boy. I love you so much. And he calmed down, and he went to sleep, and I just stayed with him all night, and I'm a really light sleeper, so he'd wake up. And I just put my hand back on his back. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. You're such a good boy. That night changed his life. He was a different kid after that. I I won't say we didn't have any issues, but that impacted his heart. That did something to him. And it's the way that the Father loves us In in our worst moments he's like you're such a good boy (laughs) i'm so proud of you he's proud of us not because of what we've done he's proud of us because of who we are in christ and in our worst moment he's speaking life over us he's speaking identity over us let me show you it in the scripture that sounds like a bunch of hippy dippy baloney (laughs) it's not it's in the word Romans 2 4 or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and restraint and patience not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance God's loving kindness is what leads us to repentance. Repentance is a very simple word that we've misconstrued in in church often. It's a very simple word. The Greek word is metanoia. It has one definition, really simple, to change your mind. That's all it means, to change your mind. So, so repentance, what God's trying to do is we're thinking the wrong way, we're seeking the wrong things, we're trying to get life in the wrong sources, and God brings his truth, and we have the mind change, and that's repentance. We start going a different way. Oh, wow, I thought that was life, but I found out that's not life. God's showing me this is life. That's repentance. Repentance is not coming to the altar and crying over what you've done, although that can be a legitimate expression of it. But that's not actually what repentance is. Repentance is the mind change. The repentance is the revelation that you have. Wow, I was going this way, and I thought it was life, and the Lord showed me what's real. The Lord showed me truth, and now I decided to go this direction. I had a mind change. Change your mind. So it's his loving kindness that actually changes our direction. So in other words, you're going the wrong direction. You're thinking in the wrong direction. And then God uses his loving kindness to bring the mind change. He loves us in our worst moments. He loves us out of our strongholds, out of our issues. And he gently brings us into the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free. God loves us into wholeness. He doesn't judge you into wholeness. He doesn't punish you into wholeness. He loves you into wholeness. Let me give you another scripture, and it has a story connected to it. My dad is one of the only people I know um, that has heard the audible voice of God, except for Ken Bach has also heard the audible voice of God. And If you haven't heard his testimony, um, he'd be happy to share it with you. Awesome testimony where God spoke to him audibly. But my dad was driving in his car um, with my mom, And he said it was at night and he was just driving. And all of a sudden he just heard, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And he just said, whoa. My mom was sleeping. He said, did you hear that? And, And she said, no, I didn't hear it. And he's like, it was as plain as day. It's like, I could just, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Him and my mom were the only ones in the car. Another time he was walking in the forest in Michigan and a piece of paper blew up next to his feet and he picked it up and it said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 says the same thing. I will never leave you or forsake you. So God doesn't leave you in your worst moments. His love remains constant in all seasons of your life. And I've encountered it in in the worst moments where he comes in and he shows love and mercy and kindness. So God wants you to have an encounter with his overwhelming, outrageous, never-ending love. Let me tell you another story. So the first time I ever encountered God's love, you know, I've often, I think the first thing that I encountered was the, the peace of the Lord. And but I'd never encountered his love until I think it was probably about 10 years ago. I was just nothing special in this day. I was just driving somewhere and I was listening to the song. It had recently came out, um, How He Loves, the song that you guys all probably know. I was just listening to that song. And then all of a sudden, the atmosphere in my car just shifted, and I like felt the love of the Father like come into my car and just hit me, and I just began to weep and weep and weep, and I was just like, "What is going on?" I'm just like on my way to a meeting. I'm like totally this is not expect what was you know, wasn't expecting this to happen, but it was like it wasn't peace. It was like love. It was like the love of the Father, and in that moment, every issue, every thing that I was worried about or concerned about just felt ridiculous because I was just so held in the love of the father I was like wow I'm just I'm so loved I, I, every fear just lifts fear casts out love I got to my appointment and I was just like a mess and I was just like <sighs> thankfully it was a pastor friend and I was just like something happened to me <laughs> like the Lord's love just came in the car and he's like oh man Know, that's awesome. Come on in. <laughs> so God wants to encounter you, and he doesn't want to just give you an encounter like that, but he wants to like, he'll, he'll give you encounters like that, but he, what he wants to do is array, raise the awareness of his love in your life on a consistent basis so that we live in everything that we do, we have a, a deeper awareness of God's love for us. And he wants it to happen in increasing measures for your whole life. They just become more and more and more and more aware of his love. Love that song. Let us become more aware of his presence. He wants us to just become increasingly aware. I'm here. I love you. I'm, you're completely clean. I'm right with you in everything that you do. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And a lot of, a lot of times when I have a hard moment and I'm just like, Lord, where, where are you at? What are you doing? I hear that. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, I'm right here, I'm with you. I wanna close with this passage of scripture today. It's in Jude, not very often I read from the book of Jude. Jude chapter one, Jude only has one chapter. So often when people reference Jude, they won't say Jude one, they'll just say Jude 17 through 21. So it says this, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times there will be scoffers who follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. By the way, don't be led by people who have great ideas, but they're not being led by the spirit. Psalm one says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Another way to say it is, walk in the counsel of the godly. Don't walk in the counsel of anyone who's ungodly. So it doesn't matter if someone has an amazing idea If they're not getting counsel from the most high, I'm not gonna follow that. Or I I at least could say I'll be very careful before I follow that. Verse 20, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, verse 21, this is what I want you to focus on, keep yourselves in God's love. As you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life, keep yourself in God's love. You can keep yourself in God's love. How do we do that? How do we keep ourselves in God's love? I just want to give you one tool today. And this is so powerful, it's so simple. Sometimes we discard the most simple things because we're like, well, that's too easy. It can't be that. This is just a simple tool. Take time each day to meditate on what Jesus Christ did for you. Just to meditate on what Jesus did. I can tell you right now, I still haven't gotten over what Jesus did for me on the cross. I haven't gotten over it. And we need to take time to just meditate on what Jesus did. Jesus did that for you. Make it personal. This is what Christ did for me on the cross, this is what he went through. He was thinking of me. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was crucified before the beginning of time. Before you ever were born, before you were thought of, before you ever did anything wrong, God already had an answer ready to go because he loved you so much. And he He gave his son, Romans 8 says, if, if He if he gave you Jesus, if he gave you his own son, how much more would he not freely give you all things? Do you understand what that's saying? He's like, if there, by the way, if there was another way that God could have saved us besides sending His Son Jesus, He would have done that. But that was the only way. He sent His Son Jesus to be to take our place. He came as the perfect, spotless Lamb, and He was slain for us. Took our place. And Romans eight says, if if God gave you His only Son, if He gave you like His most precious possession. What in the world would make you think that he's not gonna freely give you everything else? So you could meditate, wow, God, you gave me the best gift anyone's ever been given. You gave me Jesus, and just meditate on the cross. Jesus, I thank you that you were willing to go through that. He willingly laid down his life for us. You were willing to go through that so that I could be saved, so that I could become a son like you were a son. So in that verse in Jude, verse 21, it says, keep yourselves in God's love. A, few, a couple of verses later, it says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. So as we keep ourselves in God's love, he actually keeps us from stumbling in our life. And that's not just sin, but that could be, that could be sin, but it could be just stumbling over like a fence, Stumbling over, like, you know, I feel like I need to do this, and it becomes a stumbling block instead of like you're in the love of God and you're just being led so easily. Well, we can keep ourselves in God's love and He keeps us from stumbling. Can we go ahead and, and start to pass out communion? We're going to take communion this morning. Did we already pass it out? Awesome. Yeah, me mine? This is another way, by the way. I said I was only gonna give you one tool, but here, you're getting two. Take communion. Something that just really hit my heart um, yesterday when I just started thinking about communion is communion is a reminder, not what we've done for Jesus, but it's a reminder of what he's done for us. When we take communion, we're taking our focus off of what we've done, or to putting our focus on what he's done. Communion is a reminder of what Jesus has done. You know, some, sometimes people with, that are well-meaning, they put the focus of communion on you, like to examine yourself. When it's really, we're supposed to be examining Christ. This is a reminder of what he's done what he's done that's another tool just take communion throughout your week I know Bill Johnson talks about times where he just took communion every day he just like I just want to be aware of what God did for me and I want to keep it in front of me take time each day to meditate on what Jesus did for you even if it's just a few minutes So whatever is going on in your life right now, you might have a health concern, you might have a marriage issue, you might have a family situation, you might be concerned about our country, where, where our country's going, but I wanna remind you to consider it a gift when Jesus becomes your only option. Consider it a gift when you're like, Jesus, you're, I'm just doubling down all, all my hope, all my faith in you. I'm not having, it's not gonna be faith in my spouse. It's not gonna be faith in my finances, my ability to produce wealth. It's not gonna be faith in, in what's happening in my government. My faith is in you. Consider it a gift when Jesus is your only option. You're like, Jesus, it's about you. It's all about you. You are sustaining me, you are giving me life, you are blessing me, you are causing all things to work for my good in every situation. Keep yourself in his love. Meditate on him. Keep Jesus at the forefront of your mind.